Hello and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode today. And today I'm throwing it back at the very first few episodes of this show were very short. They were like 10 minutes or less. And, and I never really intended to make this like a long show or, or anything. It just, as the subject matter expanded and as we kept going, it made sense to kind of talk things out a little bit more. So I actually have no set length of time for any episode that we do. And today I'm kind of going back to a little bit of a shorter form um, to ask a really broad question that uh, has been something I've been noodling on to think sort of about the design of your business from the ground up, really built around this question of, is pure play D to C over? Is it done? Is that era of building businesses behind us completely now? Um, And if so, why? What do we do about it? How do you design the total sort of revenue system, the revenue machine in your business, the model, uh, to reflect the current moment in all the right ways, in all the best ways? Um, I don't know the answer, but I'm gonna get into sorting it out. So uh, yeah, no no need to belabor the point. Let's jump in. I don't know what to call this episode in terms of its practicality or whatever else. It's just kind of a reflection and amusing um, as I have been in the world that I have been in and and seen um, the journey of the last few years. And by the world that I've been in, what I really mean is, um, you know, starting at Kalo, which was sort of peak Facebook ads as a pure money printing machine time in e-commerce. And then, um, and then going over to an agency where I worked with a lot of clients who were in a, a similar period to that. Uh, watched clients really starting to grow. I remember seeing you know twenty million dollar D 2 C businesses, twenty million dollars per year, and just being amazed at how big of a business that was. So, so a lot of these D 2 C brands that I was seeing at the time, and this might have been just where CTC was positioned in the market, um, but it's, that was just a big business relative to what we saw at the time, you know, uh, entrepreneurial focus of CTC, but there just weren't many e-com brands. I still remember the first time I saw a nine figure, um, D to C business. And I just, I just was blown away. That, that was even possible, um, at the time. And, and, uh, it, it is, and it was possible. Um, and then, and then from, from there got to go to four by four hundred and you know, the four by four hundred hypothesis, uh, or thesis, I should say, was really built out of that world of sort of seeing D2C brands growing, us having really good skills specifically around the customer acquisition, Facebook ads side of things, um, and going like, why don't we put this into our own brands and, and build these brands with all this margin? And and then I walked down that road for, you know, really three and a half years, you know, uh, all told there, uh, both leading growth and as a CEO, and, and just saw how much changed in e-commerce over that time. It was just, the game became so much harder. Um, and in the midst of that also, uh, now coming back into an agency and freelance role where I'm, where I'm seeing a lot of businesses again, um, it's just fascinating to me to see uh, something that is shifting and changing. And that something is this. Um, I, I sort of think right now that the world of pure play D to C, you know, DNVB is behind us. Um, that th- there are going to be exceptions to every broad rule like this, right? But that most, most, you know, there was a thesis for a while there, and I think I've talked about this before, but there was a thesis for a while there that the way you build a D to C brand is you go get customers yourself to your website, cut out the middleman, get more margin because of it, 
And, uh, and that's how you win in e-commerce, you know? That's, that's the game plan. And it's pure play D2C. And other channels were almost considered threats, economic threats to the core of the business. Uh, Amazon was a place where, you know, low-value customers went, you know, sort of bargain hunters. And that's the reason people shop on Amazon. And, and of course, you were always running the risk. At any given point, there are all the horror stories of people who just gotten knocked off by Chinese sellers or something like that. You know, manufacturers who went direct to consumer and, and um, on Amazon and just took the product they were making or that they saw being made for you and knocked it off and knocked off your brand and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and, and, uh, and so, so that was, you know, a big, a big question uh, with Amazon. And, and always the question too is, is Amazon just cannibalizing your D2C business? And of course that was a big problem because Amazon ate into your margins with Amazon fees um, and D2C, you know, theoretically had these amazing margins. And so that was, that was the big threat there. And same with, same with retail. You know, I talked to so many brands where retail partners were, were also this sort of big kind of question mark. And that's because, um, again, there were horror stories there of sort of like retail partners go place a big order and then you have the cash outlay problem and setting up your infrastructure, EDI and all this stuff to do retail orders. That, that was all just pure problematic. It just ate into your margin and cash flow was really hard. And if you didn't sell through, they just send you all your stuff back. And, and so D2C was like, was like, you know, your way of beating the retail monsters who were so hard to deal with and who had all the power in the marketplace. And D2C was a way of saying like, no, 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 you don't get that power over me. I control this now. Um, and that, you know, all those were the theses and, and, uh, and what I am just continuing to see is that, uh, and, you know, especially now as, as you add to this sort of all the, um, at the, at the largest level, the IPO e-com brands, so many of which you see struggling in significant ways, uh, profitability wise, at least, um, you know, what I wonder is, is, is it just the case now that from the beginning of your e-commerce business, you just have to be thinking as early as possible about diversifying your revenue channels? That that it's just not that it's just not worth thinking anymore about pure play D to C if you're starting today. Now again, there are a lot of exceptions to this, so I want to be careful in how I say this. Um, you know, I know of brands that do really well, but the brands that do really well that I see that are pretty pure play e-com, they, they, um, they often have some element that's core in their business that we would talk about in the anti-fragility framework uh, that Taylor has laid out before, Taylor Holliday has laid out before if you, if you listen to this show. Um, particularly, super high gross margin, like super, super high being one of them, uh, or owned manufacturing and production in a way that there's protection against some of the supply chain issues even if not all of them, some of them, um, or maybe most likely LTV um, uh, or, or, uh, or some other form of organic traffic, but really especially LTV. Um, that there's margin to be made because of customers who come back. And I, I think that's an interesting thing because, uh, you know, the LTV thing, some, some of the businesses I see that really have thrived in this, in this world, um, they have thrived because... Um, because they actually do maintain that super high margin by getting customers to come back a lot at like a super, super high rate. So maybe it's because they have a massive subscription business um, or just people come back a lot. So 
So D2C really works as a model for those brands because they actually have best-in-class um, LTV. And, and therefore, if the, especially if they do have pretty good gross margin, that becomes a really strong one-two punch for a business that, becomes re, that can become really, really valuable. Um, because then there actually is this ability to grab all this gross margin on the business. Now, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't layer on other revenue channels as well, but those are the businesses that are thriving. And, and I think that's because if you think back to a bunch of years earlier in this world, what was happening at the time was that uh, you could acquire customers profitably. Uh, and and I, I tweeted about this recently and, and saw this recently, but I still just have thought so much. I've just been remembering so much the days of thinking so much about profitability on first purchase as the way to frame ROAS goals um, for, for paid ads. And so we would build targets off of that. And um, and it's just so much of the time now I see brands that are going like, nah, we're not even really trying to be profitable on first purchase anymore. This is this is really just the feed uh, the traffic feed, something like Facebook ads, just a traffic feed for uh, a really um, strong business in a lot of different ways where, you know, between retention and other channels and all of these long-term plays that we have, that's how, you know, this this feed of traffic is, is going to uh, work out for us to generate a good business over time. Uh, it's so, so much rare, so much, uh, so much rare now that somebody would say something about, uh, profitability on first purchase as the way to build the business. And even if they do, so even if they're living at a two, two and a half to one ROAS or something like that, and that's profitable for them on first purchase, there's just more consciousness now that like building the rest of your P&L requires, you know, a whole lot of stuff, you know? So, so whether that's like cutting into uh, making sure that your OPEX really does stay low to, to, to maintain that net, net income at the end, um, or, or making sure that your cogs really do stay low. But that's really hard because supply chains and, and fulfillment costs and all those kinds of things. So it's just such a different world. And what now I think people are seeing, and, and I'll give credit to Nate Pouline here, uh, uh, that something he was the first person who really sort of drilled this home um, for me in, in sort of the public conversation around this was just that retail margins at the end of the day uh, actually are really strong and that if you can sell through at any scale in retail settings that a lot of times that ends up being there are problems there's challenges but that ends up being the way that you create real um, net margin at the end of the day that's the way to access new customers is through retail stores where those customers are going and that that's not the whole story right and, and again there are there are counterexamples to this but it just seems to me that it all plays into the evolving world of e-commerce, where e-commerce now is still a, an important part of good businesses. I'm not for one second saying otherwise. And in fact, I'm still very bullish on the future of e-commerce. But it's more now valuable as one part of a multi-layered revenue cake, so to speak, uh, probably multi-channel revenue um, uh, system is a better way to think about it. But uh, it's one part of it as opposed to this is the thing. And that's not news probably to a lot of people, but I come back to it because it brings me back to this one really important point. Where are you going to get high margin revenue in your business? That's the crucial question. Um, and uh, and because that I think now, especially if you are starting fresh, if you're starting something new and thinking about what that business will look like and how to grow it with Facebook ads and all those, that question's got to be top of mind. And, and if, even if you're generally early stage, that question's got to be top of mind. If you can't do that, it's just going to be so, so hard to win. So um, 
So I don't know. I'm curious for other feedback on this. Again, this is just kind of a shorter musing. Um, and this is why we talk so much right now about this anti-fragile framework and, and why I've kind of been hammering this point over and over lately. It's been so top of mind for me. I'll just say, even um, even a couple of my my freelance clients, like they, you know, e-commerce, they have very good e-commerce businesses, but those businesses are only one part of a much larger total revenue um, approach. Uh, in fact, all three of the brands that I'm working clo- closest with right now, um, e-commerce is just one part of a much larger thing. And increasingly, that's what I see everywhere. There's some way in which um, in which it's a it's one piece or it's a complementary piece, but it's not really the whole thing. Uh, so yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if this world is over, if it's changed, if we just say like this sort of um, <laughs> sanctimonious uh, ideas that people had around um, around D to C as this owned audience and you know own the customer relationship and all that that might just be gone and so and and the takeaway is just that that question um, if you're not expanding revenue channels if you're not going into Amazon if you're not adding retail from an early stage why not it needs to uh, uh, to for most brands not for all brands but for maybe I'll say for many brands for many brands who still kind of have come out of that world of D2C and who are moving forward um, and still trying to grow, I would just ask that question and and say, why really are you avoiding adding those channels? Why really are you doing that? I know it's work, it's time, and it may not be the right time in your business, I get that, but why really are you doing that if you're still avoiding those channels? Um, Do you really have some kind of an advantage in your business that makes D2C really advantageous for you as a channel? Um, Or are you kind of stuck in an in a different model of thinking where D to C was its own super value just because it was um, and, and just because of this notion around margin. If it is, that better be actually true in your business. Uh, there better be a reason that's true. It isn't for nearly as many businesses as uh, as either it once was or as either um, people thought it once was. Uh, whether it ever was is probably its own question, but um, but that's not the point today. So um, just a short musing, short reflection there that I'm just, as I'm watching the marketplace and I'm looking around, um, I'm seeing the brands that are succeeding, really thinking hard about um, diversifying revenue, traffic, all those kinds of things, uh, because otherwise it's just very hard to win. Okay, so maybe a little less of a of a really practical, tactical episode today, um, but still, like uh, like I said, something that's been really um, on my mind lately as I've looked at a lot of businesses, and hopefully as you answer these sort of broad questions in your business about what you think of the marketplace, what do you think of a revenue model and design for your business, um, that then leads to answers around much more practical and tactical questions. I think uh, you've got to think that way about your brand and to understand uh, something like that to make the, the detailed decisions that come that that most of operating a business actually comes down to. So uh, hopefully uh, that's some help to get your mind going around that and its application to your business. If this show has been helpful to you, as always, I would really appreciate it if you'd subscribe, if you'd share it, if you'd rate and review it, all the usual stuff there. And if you would like to talk about this, I would actually love your feedback on this episode. What do you believe about this? Am I am I too influenced by? Uh, a little small segment of brands that I'm seeing relative to a total market. Um, if so, reach out to me on Twitter at Andrew J. Ferris. That's F-A-R-I-S. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Let me know. Otherwise, I hope all is well with you, with your business, with your family, with your life, all those things. Have a great week.